Are you rolling? That's all time. That's all time. Good grief. That's okay. There's no. Stop and start that again. Why? Because I want that to be a good start. Yeah. On that note, hello and welcome to Talking Lower League. Talking about the big SPFL Lower League kickoff, chatting about some of the, the key results that stood out for us over the weekend. Looking ahead to this coming weekend across the SPFL and the West Scotland leagues, and also Ali and I are going to be chatting about our uh, experiences of getting back to the football at the weekend. Ali was at Mary Hill, where I wish I was. I was at Broadwood to see Clyde Reed and Barton, so I'm sure we'll get down to the nitty and gritty of that as well. And to open this week's show, we're going to um, open up with something that um, is potentially quite, could be quite detrimental to lower league clubs. Um, so we'll see how that goes down. Um, anyway, but as ever, plenty to get through this week. Right, Ali. Um, oh, it's me and Ali this week. Yes. You okay with that? I put out a wee. Um, uh, tweet earlier on um, saying that it could get messy and it's just me and you yeah well I like to I like to have a witness in the room in case you try and strike me or lunge at me obviously Ross um, can't be here this week due to due to having a life um, but but Ali and I have banded together yeah, yeah. to to decide to just fire ahead yeah. well I'm worried because you're wearing a lovely leopard print t-shirt which makes me think you think you're a wild animal that has to be tamed well I mean people know this already that um, there's a lot of things that get edited out and things that don't get edited out yeah. on this podcast yep. and it seems to be that we're being hunted so apologies for any of the helicopters trains transits that are that you hear on this week's show, um, because Ali and I are clearly been hunted. Um, right, see, before we get into um, talking about some of the kind of key games from the weekend, I wanted to have a wee chat to you about. Um, uh, you may think it might not be re- directly related to the lower leagues, but it could be, so I don't think we'll spend too much time on it. But this cinch stuff, so for a wee bit of background, if you've been living under a rock, um, as we're sitting watching a certain um, team in the background here um, so the higher ups at Rangers seem to be complaining about the £8 million deal that the SPFL and Neil Doncaster have struck up with Cinch you know, a multi-year deal to sponsor the entire SPFL you guys know it as well as we do there was Cinch all over the place um, at the weekend when the league kicked off, um, I actually quite like the kind of YouTube highlights packages and stuff like that. A couple of, you know, Twitter friends of ours were rightly bringing that up and how the branding's a bit better, seems a bit more professional. And yeah, one week in, and one of the biggest clubs in the country is trying to trying to sue them or whatever they're trying to do. Um, obviously, because they've got their own interests when it comes to cars and transport and whatnot at board level. Um, let's not delve in, you know, 
to that side of things. But let's take a look back and a step back, sorry, and think about, you know, how damaging could it be if the SPFL has to throw out or singe pull out of this deal for lower league clubs? I want to get on the other side of it. You want to get well. Let's start. Like, let's start off with the, the lower league. Okay. Uh, well, obviously we're talking lower league. Obviously, the uh, fact that the teams down the the, the the lower divisions rely a lot more heavily on sponsorship money than uh, teams higher up in the divisions. I imagine that the difference of the deal being pulled out uh, doesn't really affect that. Uh, Rangers or a Celtic or an Aberdeen's budget, yeah. but it would definitely affect the budget of teams like Albion Rovers, uh, teams like uh, Stranraer, etc. They might might feel that if that sponsorship money goes away, then you've developed, you've already budgeted for the season, kind of mm-hmm. based on that money being there. Yeah. So yeah, it could have quite a, a kind of big effect for sure. Obviously, it's kind of. You know, we don't really know what's going to happen um, as well, but it's the last thing that the lower leagues need, and really the last thing that the SPFL needs, is after a lot of criticism, right criticism I think, with regards to the way that we sell our game and the sponsorship deals um, of the divisions that obviously they managed to secure this big partnership with, with lower KC Cinch um, and and you know, having a little bit of a, a kind of plan for the future. I know obviously they've lined up kind of smaller deals with the likes of Papa John's and stuff like that. Other pizza is available. Um, so yeah, I just think it's the whole thing's a mess. Yeah. I know you want to touch on it. And we have to be wary of our audience. I know. The, the only thing I want to say about it is the Rangers Football Club are in the football business, not the car business. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> End of story. Yeah. That's, a, that's genuinely that simple. I don't think it's necessarily fair that individuals' interests are being played out in Scottish football. Rangers are in the football business, not the car business. That's what I wanted to say on it. In case there was any confusion. No, I think our audience will appreciate that. It's also really unfortunate that we're not actually a, a premiership podcast for this minute because that what a cracking title that would be. Yeah. I might try and do something with it. Yeah. Um yeah look we've made our feelings clear on it. We think it's it's just a bit of a mess. It could become an even more of a mess. Um and let's hope that it doesn't impact the lower leagues because the last thing that we need at the moment is more money being been taken away from the clubs just when it looks like um, we're getting back on our feet. Also, I guess quickly in this very poorly constructed news section of the show, um, at the time of recording, obviously we're recording on the Tuesday this week, um, positive news with regards to going beyond level zero when it comes to Scotland's COVID restrictions as well, which means that... um, Clubs can have don't have to ask any permission to have up to five thousand supporters. So obviously, from our perspective, I mean that's brilliant news, isn't it? Fantastic, and I, I really again, it's not a necessarily a lower league thing, but 
I thought it was really nice seeing away fans back yeah. at the, the Hibs Motherwell game and hopefully this uh, return and this and these restrictions being lifted with no uh, limit on people gathering in size etc will mean that we can have away fans back in the grounds as well. Mm -hmm. I find that the away fans are at times more important yeah, I to the match actually, experience than yeah. home fans. Uh, yeah. It's all without that kind of bit of banter and shouts between the two sets of supporters, it's, something's a bit lost for me. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um and like I say, obviously from our point of view, from from the level of games that we go to and stuff, that limit for the most part is is ideal. So yeah. um obviously I know we're going to talk about our kind of contrasting experiences of the games we were at at the weekend as well and I'm sure yeah, the number of people there and stuff will come up um, at that part of the show right let's delve into um, some of the, the results from the opening weekend um, I'm going to be a wee bit cheeky I guess in, in actually my game that I fancied in the championship it was actually from last night Monday night which was obviously the, the Ayrshire Derby um, I think it's the first time in you know twenty plus years that they've faced each other in the in you know domestic league action. Um, it was at Rugby Park, obviously. Kelly running out um, two 0 winners against against Ayr. The reason, well, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up as well is your point, Ali, about the away fans. Yeah. So obviously last night I thought the atmosphere at Rugby Park was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I thought the coverage as well. You know, obviously it was on BBC Scotland. Um, you know, if BBC Scotland want to get in touch with us, I'm sure we can have a conversation. No, but I genuinely thought that the coverage and the, the panel was was brilliantly put together last night. I really liked that kind of combination of Jonathan Sutherland, Leanne Crichton and Chrissy Willoughby. You know, they all know their stuff. Um, you know, they're, they're so invested in the in this level of football and, and the games and stuff like that as well. Um so that was really good. So the whole thing, watching it last night, was really enjoyable. The only thing that was missing was the air fans, I yeah. felt. Because for such a decent part of that game, even though Kelly, you know, deserved to win it, they dominated it for the most part. Air, you know, did do well for a lot of the game. You know, they did stifle Kelly a lot of the time. Um, granted, quite a lot of criticism around the way that maybe Hopkin um, approached the game. Um, a lot of similarities, a lot of Morton fans coming on saying no surprises to see the type of football that he's playing. Um, but I thought, particularly in the first half, I thought Kelly looked brilliant. You can you can exactly see what they're trying to do. Um, you know, a podcast favourite from, from last year, Ewan Murray, I thought again was brilliant, really solid at the back. Obviously, he moved from Dunfermline in the summer. From set pieces, you can clearly see he's been targeted by, yeah, I mean, the number of goals that he got last year for, for Dunfermline as well. Um, so overall, I thought that Ayr were, were decent. I do think, as we said last week, I do think they will still struggle. I think that they look relatively solid, but they do need more of a cutting edge. I know they've just signed, um, you know, a young striker on loan that might. Jonathan Afalabi. Yeah, who was at um, Dundee last year. Dundee last year on loan from Celtic. I don't think it's a loan deal. I believe it's a full-term transfer. I know he was released from Celtic. Oh, really? Jonathan Afalabi, yeah. Well, I mean, you're hoping that... Um, he made an appearance last night, but you're hoping that, you know, he can actually get a run of games. I think that's the thing that he's been missing. 
yeah. as well. Um, and he could be the kind of spark in that air side that kind of yeah. keeps them away from the bottom end. But yeah. no, and to be honest, it kind of just reiterated to me, um, especially after a few results at the weekend. There, I know it's only week one, but I do think that Kelly will just be too strong over the yeah. over the piece. Um, what about you? I, th- I thought uh, I was really impressed with Kelly. Mm. I thought I was actually quite surprised at how well the midfield played together. Yeah. Considering that it's a brand new midfield that's been put together, only Chris Buck are being there from last year. Uh, I thought, again, like you say, air, air, you know, they, they, they really stifled Comarca, and that's not to be unexpected, like you say, given Hopkins, Jim Duffy's set-up. Uh, my only issue with that is, I think, in a, in a derby game, you want two teams to kind of go for it, go mm-hmm. hell for leather, and setting up to kind of not lose is always so risky in, in, in my book. I really despise when teams do it. Uh, you take a look at Scotland's Euro campaign. When you when you set up that way and you go down, it's so hard to get back yeah, into a game because you've not got the shape, the personnel to change it up that much and also the momentum's completely taken away from That's you. what it felt like when Air conceded last yeah. night, I thought. Absolutely. Uh, big shout out to the uh, Innes Cam mm-hmm. playing up top for Kilmarnock, he's, he's been on loan quite a bit in the lower league, uh, Aloha etc, and and this for me, I thought he had a great performance last night, yep. and this is why numerous times uh, we've spoke about how important the loan market is, because Kilmarnock haven't been able to have time to develop this guy, send him down to the championship, send him uh, down to play in the lower leagues, Gets that experience. Unfortunately, Kilmarnock now find themselves at a level that he's been operating at. And now you've got a ready-made striker to come in and kind of play. Yep, exactly. And actually play enough that he gets used, potentially, to being the main man at Kilmarnock as well. And, and, you know, if they do propel themselves straight back up to the Premiership, you're thinking that he could be a star there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought he was. I thought the way that he held the ball up last night, his movement, everything about it, his touch, his flick-ons... And obviously that penalty as well. Keeper was unlucky, but what a penalty. That is the perfect penalty. Yeah. Um, and obviously he was the one that, that made it 2-0 and, and tied the game up. Um, yes. What other game? It's such a stupid question to ask. But we've done this last season. Remember I'd be like, oh, it's a pure obvious game that you're going to yeah, take it in. You'd yeah. be like, nah, I'll, the 0-0 between... Uh, so what what game? Uh, well, it was going to be the Wraith Hamilton. Uh, blockbuster, what an opening opening game of the season uh, what, a, what well worth the money for the fans in attendance Aye. at uh, Starks Park uh, if you didn't see uh, Wraith Rovers were 4-0 up after 52 minutes and at that point you're thinking there's no way back in it for Hamlin however I would be willing to hedge a bet that someone out there put like a pound on them I know. to draw. Ross Ross Gray considering that he's tipped them to go back up to the Premiership. Yeah. Uh, um, Hamilton put together a fantastic comeback. I'm just going. I was just having a look there. Double check my maths. They scored four goals in 24 minutes. Uh, Hamilton so, aren't exactly a team that scored a lot of goals either. No, no, they are not. Wraith Rovers fans, Kieran McDonald scored two goals 
And we've all heard this before when you talk about ex-players coming back to haunt teams. You don't expect your left back <laughs> to be the driving force. To be the driving force and uh, put you to the sword. Two goals. Uh, Andy Ryan stepping up yep. from uh, Stirling Albion. Yep. From in League Two, we always knew he was a guy who yep. was playing way below his level. Looked yeah. Very very comfortable. Yeah. In the game against Wraith, took his goal really well, and then uh, the big centre half want ninety plus two minutes equaliser. Yep. I think he's a, he's a product of the youth academy as well. He is. Yeah. Um, there was actually a really nice piece, not just to big up the BBC again, but um, at half time last night during the Kelly um, air game, was a really nice piece about the importance of Hamilton's. A youth set up and and things like that, and obviously showed highlights of the games from the game from Saturday and stuff, and showing them in a youth players that were in the squad, and yeah. you can clearly see what they're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, Hamill only had five shots in target. Wraith over Sadar had seven shots in target. The XG's through the roof <laughs> in this game, and according to uh, Google, a four-each draw. Well. Each team made zero passes the whole game. Zero passes the whole game? That's what it says, zero passes. And that must be true because it's on the internet. It must be true. It must so, be true. No, but in all seriousness, there was an absolutely fantastic goal scored by Wraith Rovers. Just a quick breakaway. Yeah. Big switch across the park. Cut inside. Had it fair outside the box. It was shades of Aryan Robin with that goal. There's so many things that you've said in the past minute or so. I'm in a good mood. I can tell. I can tell. You're, you're on top form. I'm in a good mood. Um, it was unbelievable and it could well spearhead Hamilton's push towards the top end of the table towards this season. Obviously it's looking like, we, we mentioned it before, that they're going to get a, a pretty decent windfall from the um, the the sale as well. I think about 300 grand yeah. or something like that of Odolphin. Um, yeah, I believe that's went through today. Yeah, um, so it could that could well be. There's no excuse for them not to bring in a couple of a good players now potentially. Yeah. Obviously, you know, time's running out, but they could. I'm sure they could definitely get a couple of deals across the line. Um, and Absolutely. Ross Gray could well be sitting here laughing at us at the end of the season. That's it. But the 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 thing about Hamilton that really impressed me in this game is you often see teams come down and take away to kind of find their footing. And like given like the kind of atmosphere around Hamilton for for years now, being consistently in the relegation fight and pulling things out, except and pulling our like like the survival out of the bag, it's not surprising to see them show that fight and show that character in this game, a full nil down, to not give up, mm -hmm. and that's got to be a huge boost for fans uh, who have came to watch Hamilton or, or will be watching Hamilton this season that their team is not giving up they're going to fight mm -hmm. and they're showing that character that this early in the season is remarkable yeah exactly um, and it's clear to see that I don't think anybody's going to write them off at any point this season after the way that they opened the, the league campaign no. as well um, no. right I think we should have a wee chat about League One maybe we shouldn't pull the bell Poke the, the rocks in there. <laughs> Keep that there. League One. League One. League One. League One. Um, difficult to pick a game um, here. A few cracking 
results here. Um, the game that obviously I spoke about last week, I'm going to wait and talk about it at the end and compose myself as much as humanly possible. I am going to actually, my, my result from the from from League One this week was actually Peterhead 2, Aloha 0. So or should I say Peterhead 2, Barry Ferguson's Aloha 0. Yes. Oh, um, yeah, but I don't really want to talk about them. Peterhead, again. We spoke about it last week. We were a wee bit annoyed about it. How many people tipped Peterhead to finish bottom and just do nothing again and stuff like that. I think people actually do forget that Peterhead for quite a substantial chunk of last season, despite everything that was going on, were very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. Um, played some good stuff, were, were safe, no bother at all. And I think this season could well just be another good, solid season for Peterhead, potentially even up to the playoff spots. Um, it seemed as if their man of the match pain from not to be confused with, with Max Payne, um, was was brilliant. Um, you know, and Aloha just looked, you know, one shot on target, you know, Peterhead, who yet again, you probably don't say are, you know, three goal scorers in League One. You know, 14 shots in comparison to Aloha's six. Um, it just, I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to be jumping on the... Barry Ferguson's going to be sacked by Christmas train yet. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Peterhead 2 Alona. Yeah, no, I, I, I picked this game as well. Uh, just for the reasons you say, we, we've had a, we've, we've got a long standing friendly rivalry with our friends at the Blue Tune podcast. Yep. Uh, we have predicted Peterhead to finish, the, finish below Clyde uh, for seasons now. Yep. Uh, back to back uh, this season for whatever reason people have uh, picked up Peterhead to finish bottom I think that that's just madness pure, pure hope on <laughs> behalf that they're hoping someone finishes bottom that's uh, not their team Peterhead will be will be fine this season they have in my opinion the best part time midfielder in the country in Scott Brown Scott Brown yeah absolutely fantastic player Simon Ferry obviously in the middle of the park the, as well the two of them have over the last you know season or two have, have struck up a really good partnership as well yeah yeah uh, I was I'm actually Scott Brown someone that I don't want to say I'm surprised still at Peterhead because I like players to stick at the clubs they're at but he's surely had offers from elsewhere mm-hmm. and he's uh, stuck it out at Peterhead which is fantastic for him but what a fantastic player he is I think uh, in this game in particular I feel like what we've seen here is an old master welcoming a young maybe naive an experienced manager to League One and Jim McAnally has done absolutely everything right and Aloha just were not able to get going under the Barry Ferguson regime in the opening day of the season whether that is going to be through the future that's going to be signs to be seen we're yet to see yeah but it wasn't a great result for Aloha Aloha was well unable to fill their bench uh, I think that's maybe the first time that's ever happened in a Barry Ferguson team and they were signing the tell me about it but like, I wouldn't read too much into it at this point if I was an Aloha fan like I say I think it's just an old experienced team that's been at this level for a while and 
within it out. The most senior manager in Scottish football in terms of longevity, just got the job done. Got the job done. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, well, Alloa is a very, very intriguing one, though. Yeah. This season, so it's definitely one that we're going to keep an eye on. Um, since we both picked the same game, we should probably quickly go over another one. Um, and for me, I want to actually have a big shout out to a side that, yet again, were probably written off a little bit um, before a ball was even kicked. Um, probably, I think, because so far they've only brought in three, four players. Um, but yet again, that experience, you know, that kind of you know longevity of the side, the management structure, everything it controls. You know, probably as we've said before, big fans of what they do on and off the park. Going to Airdrieonians, who obviously were playoff finalists last year and tipped to do well again this year. Yeah. Going there and humbling them. Yeah. Three nil. Um. Yeah. Again, I think to be honest, an absolutely perfect. I don't think if you're a Montrose fan, you could have walked away. Going, I don't think we could have had a better first game of the season. And on the flip side of that, if you're an Airdrie fan, you're thinking the absolute opposite. Yeah, no, you're no, you're absolutely, absolutely spot on. Uh, we've we've often said that we believe our growth to be one A in terms of the best part time team in Scotland. I think Montrose are one B. Yep. In that category, they operate so well within their area for recruitment. They always operate well. It seems at a board level. Their management team is absolutely spot on. They play very, very attractive football, very hard to defend against. You get stretched all the time with the pace and then they play with down wide and the overlaps. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was, wasn't surprised to see Montrose get a result here. I was surprised at the size of the result. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, like we said last week, Ian Murray has to do something this season and he's off that bad start. But it's that inconsistency argument coming in again though that we yeah. spoke about last week. Like, And we've spoken about so much when it comes to Airdrieonians and I think that's where and Airdrie fans that are listening or watching this tell us if you disagree or agree <laughs> um, that that's just one of the big, big, if not the biggest bugbear of that Ian Murray reigns so far is just that inconsistency when you think they're about to take off and finally go and cross that line they just don't do it yeah. and yet again this is just another example of that so yeah I do think the, the pressure if the pre- you know we spoke about it as well previously if you know we thought the pressure was on Ian Murray and, and Airdrie before um, after Saturday's result it's just been cranked up yeah. big time um, absolutely and again this has been another season where Airdrie have invested in players into the first team to try and improve and get going and it's it's disappointing and maybe like, we're, like I'm sure we might go on to talk about it's maybe a manager that's been at a club for a while and already some eyes are starting to roll a wee bit yep. yeah it's yeah again very early days it's always difficult talking about I think try to analyse yeah. the start of the season because yet again you're always going to get things thrown at as like, oh well you know it's we're only a couple of games in three, I know but this is the whole point of this this is why we should be talking about it yeah because some of it might come true yeah, um, yeah. yeah. ultimately the these games at the start of the season could mean absolutely nothing yeah no I know or uh-huh. with hindsight in five or six games time it could, could mean, mean everything absolutely. <laughs> 
So I think you've got to put equal weight to games that happen at the start of the season, to games that happen towards the end of the season. You do. I think you do. Um, but yeah, no, I think that another entertaining week in League One. Um, and moving on to another um, interesting opening week in League Two, Ali. Um, I'm going to kick off with you first, if that's okay. When it comes to League Two, was there a particular result, or a particular team, or a performance that stood out for you? Absolutely. Uh, I think we're both going to go for the same game. I've got a funny feeling as well. Of course we are. We spoke about them last week. Yep. Albion Rovers running out 2 0 winners against Edinburgh City. We spoke last week about how we felt Albion Rovers had improved so much. Yep last season, especially towards the tail end of the season and really dragged themselves out of any danger that they were in. Uh, they have continued this form because the form may give a very good account of themselves in, in the League Cup. And opening day to run out 2-0 winners against a team that everybody thinks is going to be at the top end of the league again, including ourselves. And that just goes to show uh, that the difference of getting good managers getting guys that are passionate about your team into the door to manage your football club and you can exceed expectations by doing that yeah I think that this result just shows how far they have come under Brian Reid because I remember when Brian Reid first came in I liked growing up obviously we knew Brian Reid primarily from his time at Ayr yeah. like I liked him as a manager he was you know that Ayr team was really good and then obviously the Ian McCall years came in and it kind of preceded all that but like the signings I think he's made over the over his time so far yeah. um, have been really impressive none more so than bringing Declan Brin back yeah. in Albion Rovers as well because I imagine he's somebody who probably had a lot of offers as well Yes, didn't quite work out at Stirling Albion but I'm sure he would have had a lot of offers um, yeah. he's went back there he believes in the project believes in the signings um, and obviously in this game in particular as well obviously there was a missed penalty in the last 15 minutes for, for Edinburgh that might have changed the course of it but to be honest it seemed like a, a pretty dominant display by Albion Rovers um, yeah. and pretty worrying for Edinburgh City do you know what I think I remember on um, I mean obviously because we've not plugged it enough uh, Ross and I were on Dr Grant Campbell's podcast a couple of weeks ago and we spoke about being a wee bit worried about um, Edinburgh City and uh, but I didn't expect this first weekend. No, neither did I but ultimately I'm going to file this game under the it's not going to matter come the end right, of the okay. season. Right. Uh, it might, might matter for Albion Rovers who knows but for Edinburgh City I think you know uh, rebuilding after a horrendous display mm -hmm. in the playoff finals against Barton. New manager coming in with new ideas. Uh, there's an established team at uh, Edinburgh. Some guys have been there a while. Uh, Uzi C, Danny Handlin, etc. New manager coming in, new ideas. Team trying to move in the one direction. Is it and going to be potentially a transitional season for them? Maybe. It might be just because it was so kind of 
Gary Naismith's reign last season was kind of so on and off, not really getting a proper run at it. Yeah. Um, and obviously when they did get a proper run at it, they were on some run, and then obviously it kind of, the official term, the arse collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> ultimately, when it came to the playoffs, and that's happened to them before though. Yeah. So it's just about getting over that mental hurdle. Yeah. Um, as well, because it's a big season. Yeah. I think the uh, Edinburgh City are under no. No. Uh, illusions. I don't know what the word is. That was. I was. I was about to come no. in. Um, no, you're right. I don't know. We can cut this. Out. Does Does any of this matter? Well, what is it? What I'm trying to say is that Edinburgh City, well, at this point, are under no pressure whatsoever in terms of not finishing outside the playoffs. Yeah. And they'll be fine, they'll finish in the playoffs again. This is just a bad start. Mm-hmm. And ultimately they'll they'll move on from here and they'll kick on and they'll probably get a pro- a good high scoring win next week as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um right Ali, I want to quickly talk about another game in League Two just before we head over to the, the last part of the, the show where we're going to be, both of us are going to be talking about the respective games that, that we were at at the weekend and just uh, the good times that were had all round. Um, Kaitley Hearts, their first game in the SPFL, running out 2-0 winners over Cowden Beath. Um, it seemed to be that it was the Joe Cardo show for a lot of it. Um, pretty solid win against obviously a Cowden Beath side that we and, and others, to be fair, um, throwing other people under the bus now for our straight predictions um, a Cowden Beath side that might struggle this season seemed like a pretty solid win obviously against their, um, their five rivals and yeah I guess probably the perfect start to the season that Kevin Thompson would have wanted No absolutely uh, we'll take this point to talk about the news that broke I believe after the podcast last week I'd said that there was no those two maybe eye raising, eyebrow raising uh, signings in terms of while well, those guys have dropped to Kiwi and now our former Partick Thistle captain Tam O'Ware Tam O'Ware yep. has turned up Big Thomas Kiwi uh, what a signing that is obviously he's had his critics and he's yeah. had his moments at Partick but again, a guy who I think could have found a, a team oh. easily anywhere else in League One, I, he could have probably found another team in the Championship. Probably, I would, have, I would have said that, yeah. Uh, what a fantastic bit of business that is. And that, and that is adding players in the right positions because at the heart of your defence, you want a character like him about. Yeah. Fantastic business. Bit of a point to prove, probably. He probably feels he's got a bit of a point to prove. Absolutely. Cute done really, really well here. Answered critics, I believe. Uh in terms of now they're here where they want to be are they going to perform day one pass marks for me 2-0 great result like you say Joe Cardo pulling the strings they've got a, a really nice team here really neat team and see but Cowden Beath I don't know if they'll necessarily struggle this year they might but they've also I mean it's not like they're, they're any mugs either you know, Liam Buchanan Bobby oh. Barr Kyle Hutton Craig Barr, uh, Craig good, Thompson, good experience in playing there as well. Fraser Mullen, these are all guys that have been playing at this level for a while. 
they're solid, they know what it takes to get the job done. It was a, I think this was a tougher test for Kielty than it maybe looked up on paper. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. Um, and I would like to see a, you know, a, a strong Cowdenbeath as well, do you know what I mean? I, however, I, I still think that obviously I know Aaron's result of the weekend as well, but I do think with an ever-improving Albion Rovers, I do think that with that might come a kind of battle at the bottom between Cowdenbeath and Aaron. Um so yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how see how that goes over the course of the season. Um, right, Ali, it's time to get into our very contrasting experiences at games at the weekend. Yeah. Right. Where are we starting? Are we starting in Mary Hill or are we starting in Cumbernauld? <laughs> I didn't think I did, I, I don't know why I never thought that Prefer- sentence would ever get said. Preferably neither. <laughs> Well, oh, we need to be careful though, we need to be careful criticising places because we could have our whole Twitter account taken down going by what had to happen to the Dumbarton tweet. Yes. Which is a mess. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a good place to start with. Oh, you just want me to talk about the Clyde game? I do, yeah. Right, okay, we'll start at Broadwood. Um, what is the tweet that you're talking about? So the tweet that I'm talking about is, I think it was pre-match on Saturday, um, building up to the, the massive fixture between Clyde and Dumbarton, um, to, to where um, the Dumbarton admin, I thought quite funnily, tweeted out, you know, we're off to Cumbernauld today, yes. and then it was, uh, I think it was a gif, or something like that, I can't now, I don't know whether it's the pressure of the camera, I now cannot remember what the... I believe the the picture of the gift said, I guess some people like living in a hole. That <laughs> was it. <laughs> which, which we liked as an account. The two guys from Cumbernauld. I know. I thought it was funny. It was funny. It was funny, and it got a lot of like good reaction and, and stuff like yeah. that as well. And then this person who claims to be a Clyde fan is just. It was, I've never seen somebody more angry. Yeah. About something. Yeah. Um, and, and they had to take it down. Yeah. They launched an official complaint. Shock that it's a Clyde fan. Um, but yeah, so on to the actual game itself and the experience of being back there. That was the first time I'd, I'd obviously been um, at Broadwood since the last time we played Dumbarton. And we yeah. ran out 2 0 winners back in March 2020, which is wild to say that. Um, obviously, um, big shout out, um, I guess, a lot of bias here to the. the Clyde Glasgow branch obviously putting on a really kind of good day, um, you know the the bus and seeing everybody again things like that it was brilliant you know raising some money for the the supporters club um, and things like that you know a lot of exciting plans coming up to raise more funds, um, as well the negative thing was actually unfortunately having to go to the game. See when it came at the actual obviously the first time we back at Broadwood see the way that it was it was operated and things like that. I was quite lucky because it just was two big gates that were open, um, and you kind of done the contact list and you went in, you went up, and it was it was obviously Broadwood's plenty big enough to deal with the people, so it felt relatively normal. Yeah, I would say um, there was a bit of a delay with a lot of people getting in. Um, I don't know if it's just because of the kind of extra people, but um, you know, it caused a bit of confusion. But thankfully, everybody get in, used a couple of minutes after kickoff. The game itself. Um, I thought Clyde were an absolute embarrassment. Genuinely, I thought that it was atrocious. I thought Dumbarton 
outfought them, outthought them, I don't know, outskilled them, out something, everything. I just thought that Dumbarton were everything that Clyde should and want to be. Now you need to remember that Dumbarton, I think it's about 16 or 17 new players this season. Obviously Jim Duffy, who'd been there for a good while, left. Stevie Farrell came in from Stranaer. Quite different characters in the way they want to play football. Yeah. Um, obviously Clyde, probably about 14, 15 players as well. So there's no excuse, I think, from a Clyde perspective. Um, I thought Stevie Farrell set up his team perfectly. Um, I thought that everybody knew their job. It was a good system they played. Um, and it wasn't just, it was, this was no way, shape or form a smash and grab. It could have been more, to be honest with you. I think it could have been more. Um, and there was nothing about that Clyde team. Genuinely, I'm not just saying this because you're know, a Clyde fan, I'm angry, etc. I've had a few days to think about it. I don't even get that angry about it anymore, to be honest. Um, kind of numbed to it. Um, but there was, I can't even walk away and go, there's a couple of shoots of encouragement. Yeah. Um, even the experienced players that probably should have stepped up, your Conrad Balatonis, your Megaro Gomez, who are usually over pre-season been the kind of decent players that Clyde had brought in, um, just weren't at the races at all. Uh, that's, I, I that's thought Barry Cuddy as well. So I think that's a bit harsh because Balatoni did get in the score sheet. It was some finish. <laughs> some finish. Um, shame I was right in front of it and shame it was for Dumbarton. Um, I, th- I have to say I thought Barry Cuddy um, was the player, yet again he's been at Clyde for a long time now. And when you get performances like this as a Clyde fan or supporter of any club um, in the lower leagues, there's always usually one player that stands out and does not deserve to be in that team that day because he has given his all and trying to make things happen. Unsurprisingly for Clyde, it was Barry Cuddy. Um, I don't know um, how the happy clappers at Clyde are going to um, go over this one because there's no excuses for me. And I genuinely think that Clyde potentially will go down and I do also think that um, Danny Lennon's credit is very quickly running out um, obviously I wasn't at the game uh, just for, slightly jealous for personal reasons which we'll go on to and that I didn't want to uh, <laughs> no <laughs> there, were, there were personal reasons uh, the uh, the staggering thing for me is that I believe Danny Lennon after us saying last week just play Rob Jones and David Goodwillie in a two it's so obvious oh I forgot you I blocked this out my head as well. it's so obvious that they both need to play in a two and they both need each other one of them's a target go for the classic big man nippy wee guy mm-hmm. it's so simple it's actually so simple that mm-hmm. you can't believe that it's been getting messed up uh, and after Danny Lennon talking about this cake he wants to make and how he wants different outcomes and different... I think he's he's still trying to fit square pegs and round holes. Yep. He wants to keep playing the shape he wants to play and he's trying to fit players into it rather than playing the shape that the players he's signed mm-hmm. are best to play. Yep. Moving David Goodwillie, who is probably the best striker in the league and if not he's in the conversation 
to play, I believe he was playing left wing. Left wing as an inside forward to make way for Rob Jones is completely and utterly inexcusable. David Goodwillie is not a left winger. He is a natural goal scorer, especially at this level. And the top ten goal scorers of all time at Clyde Football Club. If he had a season, if he has a season like he had last season, he will then move up to number nine mm-hmm. in that ranking. So to move him out of the way, out in the line, to make way for someone who scored one goal all of last season in this league and Rob Jones, who again I think has a part to play at yeah. Clyde, it's just completely and utterly inexcusable. Uh, it seems to me personally that uh, the big issue with Danny Lennon's recruitment and I know we spoke about it last week, but there was n- nothing uh, from what I've heard and seen of the game. There's very little positives to take away from it. The yeah. tactics are wrong. The personnel are wrong. Clyde currently at the moment have two. I've have three centre backs at the club. One of them's in a moon boot for the next twelve weeks. It is going to be a long hard season and if you're losing and like we said last week these two teams should be looking at each other every single week yep. how did get on this week how are Clyde doing and that might not even be the case Dumbarton head and shoulders above Clyde on the day and how we were saying how come the end of the season these games can mean a lot the games against Dumbarton this season are going to mean quite a lot for Clyde and I think that they have absolutely utterly botched match week one yeah, no, I think I have. Um, I'm a massive fan, obviously, of everything that Danny Lennon's done for Clyde Football Club, for the supporters. I think he's a brilliant man as well, a good manager. He did not once come out of his um, dugout on Saturday. The whole... This has been commented on at the, the back end of last season. I don't know if conspiracy theorists or anything, but his whole body language looks as if I think he knows that I'm not sure how far he can take Clyde anymore due to loads of different circumstances I may want to add yeah. um, Danny Lennon is not at fault he, for for what has gone on at this football club but he does have to take some responsibility and he just looks as if he has given up that's what it looked like on Saturday he, lo- he looked as if he'd ran out of answers ran out of ideas and he knew that it was going to be a, a long season I think Danny Lennon needs to take responsibility for a large chunk of it. You can argue all you want about budget, small budgets, whatever. The budget is apparently up from last year. When you operate in the lower leagues of Scotland and you've got a small budget or a or a lower budget or whatever compared to everyone else, you have to use it wisely. Mm-hmm. And that means getting the absolute bang for your buck and if you're bringing in 10, 11, 12 players you need at least 60% of them to be of a standard and Danny Lennon's recruitment in that regards for the past three seasons has it's not been there Nothing, nothing's changed sorry I was just going to come in there. and nothing seems to have changed with regards to the fact that um, the club are now paying a recruitment team yeah as well a recruitment team that when people who are members of the club have asked 
to justify their wages it has been left completely in the black because it just seems that all that they, they do is phone Celtic or phone St Martin or phone Rangers and ask for any any players you're willing to throw our way and it's to be honest that is absolutely nowhere near good enough there's guys I know that have been watching this league for years that could have done a better job than that yeah and no I, players out there it was obvious to everyone that the recruitment this year wasn't good enough there yeah. was a day Clyde released five I believe signings and every single one of them you were like it can't get worse it can't get worse it can't get worse and it got worse yeah yeah again I, if we don't want to make it I, I, I think we'll probably get less and less Clyde heavy as the season goes on to be honest um, but obviously so. it's just been well I fingers crossed um, but yeah a lot of things need to change um, just top to bottom unfortunately so that was my Saturday how was yours? mine was really good I went uh, for the second week in a row yep. I went to go and see Mary Hill it was a fantastic game of football really 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 good lovely setup at Mary Hill well I was going to ask you what's the kind of talk us through you know obviously we're big West of Scotland League fans um, you know, it's looking like a bit of West of Scotland League game. All of us, you know, this weekend, for example, uh, whether it's the same one or scattered. Um, you know, so so talk us through when you get to the ground and stuff like that. Let's see, I've never been to Mary Hill. You know, what's the experience like? So, public transport, really easy to get to. Uh, you can get the, the, the train to Mary Hill train station. Then you're maybe a, a 10, 15 minute walk. Uh, num- numerous buses, the number 60, for example, uh, going up. Mary Hill Road stopping right outside the ground if you're driving by car plenty of spaces mm-hmm. to park there's the big Tesco the big multi-storey car park over the road uh, it's a weird a weird ground to get into because you have to go up like a wee alleyway and then go up these really steep stairs and then there's the ground mm-hmm. uh, when you get there the setup is uh, I, I was five or six pounds to get in mm-hmm. I'm not sure uh I think it was six to get in, and the setup at Mary Hill was really interesting. It was the first first time I'd been last week, and I, mm-hmm. I immediately wanted to go back. So you come in, and then it's it's like a a platform around. Mm-hmm. So there's viewing, standing, viewing. Uh, as soon as you come in behind the goals, viewing, sta- uh, standing, viewing uh, section, running along the the touchline. There's a stand behind the goals mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's like kind of bench seats, ah, like kind, of, wants kind of single seats, yeah. uh, and what looks like a lot, what I've called the garden stand because it's been kind of put into like a, like lots of trees. And yeah, oh, like, I've seen. I've, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's like bushes and stuff around. It actually looks like a really nice place mm-hmm. to sit. Um, the the ground is the these the kind of viewing areas. You you look kind of down. Mm-hmm. On the ground, there's a, maybe about an eight foot, nine foot wall mm-hmm. around the around the park, and it really adds to the football because the ball's not lost for a while going yeah. out of play. It's just off the wall. The game's kind of players quick, get the quite ball. Quick, it's, yeah. played, it's played quite quick. Uh, you, I don't know if you should play quick in the pitch because the pitch <laughs> is the worst thing about the setup at Mary Hill for certain. And uh, though there was, I've not seen this in years. There was a point where a divot get taken out of the ground and the referee stopped the game and went and got a bucket of sand and just pulled it in and filled <laughs> in the divot that way. It was mental. Uh, 
got in fantastic experience. Uh, there's not really a bad place to view the park. Uh, I would say there was more than 50, less than 100 people there. Right. Uh, I had an all-day breakfast pie. Right, well, you've went straight for the jugular, right, because Mary Hill, rightly, are getting some amount of kind of publicity and popularity on social media for the photos of these all-day breakfast pies that you're getting. They seem to sell out all yep. the time at the game. You've had it twice now. Yeah. Uh, do you get do you get emotional eating it? We talked a lot incredible. about emotions this season, but they're incredible. Uh, just something a bit different. Don't get me wrong; that some people might think they look disgusting, but they're really, really nice. Like you touched upon, you have to put your order in on Facebook. They'll put up a a post saying how many people might want a breakfast pie this week, and then you have to kind of be like, I might want one. Or so they make sure they've got enough. It was really nice. Two twenty. I would actually. Put it as the, I would put it in my top five food being sell, sold at football games at the moment. No wonder you want to go back. Uh, not not quite as good as a as a Oco View soup. Yeah, of course that's that's your a, number. Or one. an Aloha Stovies or a Forfa Brady. Yeah, but it's up there. Seems to tick every box. I'll finish the top five. The other one is the uh, black pudding and chorizo pie at Arbroath. Oh yeah, Arbroath. Because they don't have smokies in the ground. No, no. It's a crack and chippy though. We go here and go to Arbroath. The lighthouse. Lighthouse. I it's called. Yep. Uh, uh, which is great. Yeah. Um, in terms of the of the quality of the game on show, the game was Mary Hill versus Craig Mark Buntonians. Uh, a couple of kind of known faces there. Uh, David Smith, mm-hmm. formerly of Strindrar and Dumbarton, playing it right back for Craig Mark Bontoni. He is a big boy still. Mm. Craig Mark's set up really interesting. They're, the two fullbacks must be about 6'3, six, 6'4. Six, mm-hmm. And they don't as much overlap the, the midfielders as they do just take the ball clean off them and just bundle their way through aye, everyone in their aye. way. They played really, really nice football at times. I would, despite winning 3 1, Mm-hmm. I would argue that Craig Mark were a wee tiny bit lightweight up front and maybe mm-hmm. one signing away there from making a big push in the West of Scotland conference. Mary Hill, on the other hand, they went up after 15 seconds. Aye, aye. Uh, Craig Mark kicked off. Uh, the ball, they lost possession, went straight up the, the park, ball across the, the goal, Jed Dobbs uh, tapped it in. I would actually say, in terms of the quality that I was talking about, if Craig Mark had Jed Dobbs from Mary Hill playing for them, I think they would they're not really talking about pushing. Ah, David Amaro, even bigger one. I didn't seem to put off no. uh, Craig Mark Bantonians, but for, for obviously that kind of early setback. Uh, exactly, and uh, Craig Mark wanted to play quick mm-hmm. on the ground, uh, moved the ball about well, switched it to the pair. Like I say, these full, I can't get over the uh-huh. size of these guys, they're just brutes, but they really need Done their jobs uh-huh. with the ball at their feet. Mary Hill, on the other hand, it seemed like at times they seemed like blinkered horses where it was just the only way the ball can possibly move is forward Aye. don't think about putting it back don't think about switching it's just forward get the ball up top and because of that merge of styles it was a really really nice mm-hmm. game unfortunately the game was kind of lost to Mary Hill because uh, they made all their subs and then Jed Dobbs got injured and he had to yeah. go off the park so they were down to 10 men talking of subs I heard a rumour about the Clyde game. Can you quickly confirm this for me? Right. Did Clyde make three subs 
and then Danny Lennon tried to put another two subs on believing that it's still the five sub rule from last season I can't confirm or deny this because I don't remember seeing it I have seen lots of people tell me this but right well if you've had lots of people telling you I'd the Clyde game then yeah. I might have just missed it but I might have yeah. been away by this point that's really worrying because I, I, I that's by the way only the second time right only the second time in you know what nearly 20 years that I've left a Clyde game early yeah. the other time was when we were getting absolutely humped to Ibrooks and I left just after half time yeah. I left with 10 minutes to go on Saturday when the third goal went in I once left a clean game under John Brown because we were 3-0 down East Fife after 20 minutes. Mm. I just left at the 20 minutes then. What's the point? Up the road. That's it. Very contrasting Saturdays, Ali, but... Um, it was. I'm looking forward to, to going to Maryhill. It's lovely. It's a great I'm time. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, there's a wee bar. Stays open during the game so you can get a pint. And they really? serve it in glass as well. Which was really funny because a boy would get pung with a free kick and smash his pint everywhere. So... <laughs> That would, that would have been me, let's be honest. Uh, no, definitely looking forward to going to Mary Hill and obviously more West of Scotland League grounds as the season goes on. We're going to try and tick as many off as possible, all three yeah. of us. Well, this weekend, this week, I'm going to try and go to mm-hmm. St Rocks versus Lark Hall tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Where I might get a bit scared to go to that one, yeah. I'll probably at the last right. minute. Uh, and I will 100% be going to Glasgow Perthshire versus from Chapel United at the weekend at the weekend yeah and there's a chance um, because Ross and I are both in Cumbernauld on Saturday is that we'll be going to Cumbernauld United against Darville as well so there could be a chance that three of us all get to different games and then next week we can actually go through it all Absolutely. which should be quite good um, yeah again but there's also could be a chance that I could end up at Glasgow Pershaw who knows who, who knows, knows? Knows. But that's the fun of it. That's a, personally, I want to see Danny McKinnon play in a weird park at Possum Park. I think that's fun. I think that is fun. It's not a weird. It's just yeah. It's, it's just very different to where you would expect to see him. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but no, brilliant, Ali. Thanks very much. Um, and thanks very much for for this week. The two of us thought it was alright. I thought it was really good. Looking forward to the next time we can all three of us can go to Maryhill um, and not to Broadwood. Um, no, thanks very much. Um, I don't think there was much hatred or fighting. Or no, I'm sorry, that, am I keeping you? That's the energy that Ross brings. That is the energy. Is that apart, te- from, apart from just there? Is that him? Your te- true colour showed there. Is that him texting you the other night? Or wild animal? Is it? It's not, is it? And if it is, I don't want to see it. Okay, let's leave it. Right, everybody. Um, Thanks very much, as ever, for all your, your feedback and your questions. Um, we try and incorporate as much as we can into the episodes um, and all your support as well. Like I say, it's early days this season, trying new things out. Um, so any feedback is appreciated. Obviously, head over to our social media channels at TV Lower League um, on Twitter and, and Talking Lower League on Instagram. Um, Got a question for you? Are we bringing back the Reddit Q&A? Yeah, yeah, I've been posting the Reddit. Sorry, that's a message from Ross. He says, are you not going to preview the games for next week? <laughs> are you going to bring back the Reddit Q&A though? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Reddit q and coming back. We can slowly but surely get back. That's that. Poster on the Reddit. So any Reddit watchers or listeners out there, send your questions, send your, your subject matter that you want us to talk about. Yeah. Um, 
And obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, thanks very much. And it would really, really help us if you leave a like and subscribe. Um, we're going to put as, as many videos up there as possible. Yet again, maybe some wee clips from games and stuff when we're at games and things like that as well. Like I said, we're going to try loads of stuff out. So, yeah, that's what's happening. Ali, thank you very much. Thanks to everybody. And we'll see you all next week. Talking lower league after Zach. No, kidding on. Um, this is a little bit of an extra um, for everybody. Um, hi. Right, so um, you've probably watched um, the Ali and I special from this week. Um, if you haven't, please go and watch it or listen to it. That'd be nice. Um, but as promised, as promised, because you weren't here in week one, you shout out of it. No, I'm kidding on. Um, this is from me and Ross. So we have to firstly ask your predictions. So okay. who's going to win the championship? Okay. League one, league two, and who's going to go down? Okay. And then once you tell me that, mm -hmm. I will then tell you if you are bottom of the list between me and Ross, I will then tell you what your punishment will be at the end of the season. Okay. Right, so you need to tell me what you think. Right. Okay. Are you going to ask me the questions? Who's going to win the championship? Kilmarnock. Who's going down from the championship? Martin. Who's winning League One? Gold Rangers. Who is going down from League One? Clyde. Oh. Who is going up from League Two? Kiwi. And who is going to finish bottom of League Two? Aaron. There we go, I love how efficient it is. Um, very good guesses, a lot of kind of similarities between Ross and I. I didn't watch yours and Ross's one. I wanted to go into this. Go into a blind, yeah. not just because you don't like watching us when you're not here. Um, right, so do you on your punishment? Absolutely. Right, okay, so if you finish bottom of the table this season. You have to get a Clyde season ticket. <laughs> That's, I wouldn't wish that in my worst enemy. Um, you have to do a YouTube live okay. video. Okay. It can be here, you can sit in your comfy chair, you can have your juice, whatever. Yeah. And you have to read a full chapter from the smash hit best-selling book, Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. And we will let our audience member decide which chapter. We'll give them some options. Okay. That's fine. And that's what you have to do. You'll do it live on the Talking Lower League YouTube. Mm -hmm. We'll make sure it's across all social media and you have to sit and read out a chapter from um, Fifty Shades of Grey. No, that's fine with me. You're fine with that? That's fine with me. If anything, you look as if you're kind of looking forward to it. You kind of hope you I've already got more favourite chapters, so it should be quite easy. <laughs> you know what, by heart. That's exactly it now, if you want. Oh. Maybe we'll turn the camera off first. Okay, that sounds good. And on that note, there we go. Finally, we've got all three of our predictions and all three of our punishments are lined up. It's going to be an interesting season. Um, and yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see how it pans out. See you later.